Go to more. You're listening. To the, you're listening to the dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This is an American History podcast where each week I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history to uh, this, this little fella uh, named Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Not sure. Mm. Boy, does he not. <laughs> Very strange what you're doing. <laughs> Seems like you're um, not sure what's happening. So I'm I'm in the middle of baseball uh, heaven. You died. Uh, this is college World oh, Series okay. time, sure. and then uh, and I got you know kid baseball. I'm full baseball. My kid made the high school team. And that and he's not in high he school. Just did U- he just did he just did USA team tryouts today. It's all it's all happening. It's all happening. There's it's just full on baseball nonstop. Uh, okay. Yeah. So what does that mean? So if you want in, what are you talking about? You want to get in on my baseball life? What are you talking about? I'm inviting you. I'm inviting. You, I'm inviting you to be a part of my baseball life. I don't want to be part of your baseball. I'm life. trying to branch out a little bit. You and I just hanging out, watching games, going to games, nice. just balling it up. No, I don't. A couple of ball bros, yeah. right? First of all, the term uh, ball bros is not going to be great. It's baseball, bros. We get matching caps, right? We cap it up. We go to, we go to Cap City. We buy the caps. Caps. And uh, and then we just full on baseball it up. You know, a couple I don't of guys. Really enjoy we get some baseball, cleats. So no, I'm not gonna go and or get some roller skates. No. Put on some face paint. That's not, that's uh, not a good. Put on some like Yankees uh, not a good outfits and get a bat. No. Just kind of skate around is, the subway. Just baseball. I, stuff. I'll tell you the only uh, the only thing I'll say is that this pitch is a ball. <laughs> 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 Don't ever say that well, again. That's not a part of what ball, the ball Here, let me boys, walk you through why that one do. works. That's you are busting my balls. Yeah, that's just not. How about it? Not as good. How about it? It's kind of stuff that the that the the baseball bros do. Not the ball buddies. I think. I mean, I I hate to say, it, I think it's time to start this the story. And called it, quote, his jam pad. Jam pad? I'm the fucking hippo guy! Dave, okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> My name's Gary. Wait, is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tiggly Podcast. Okay. This is like anarchy! On a five-part coefficient. <laughs> Come on, Now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep tell hippo! No sleep tell hippo! <laughs> Action partner. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. Broder. in the court. Gareth, we are going to be in uh, some cities coming up doing live dollops. Uh, the tour starts on July 26th in San Jose, California. San Macat. Yeah, it looks like that was the one. That was the one that I kept getting wrong. I kept saying the 27th. That is not true. And then we go to San Francisco on the 28th, uh, Sacramento on the 30th, then August 1st, Boise, the 2nd, Salt Lake City. Oh, no, the 3rd Salt Lake City? Yep, the 3rd Salt Lake City. Uh, then we go to Boulder, Denver, Las Vegas, Phoenix, and some place called San Diego. Yes. And Gareth, we can announce new dots. Wow. We are going to be in, on October 10th, a little place called Chicago, or as they call it, the, Windy the City. Burden. Huh? Also, we're going to be in Milwaukee on the 11th, Madison on the 12th, and St. Paul on the 
15th, which is named after Paul Sorvino. That's right. Not a lot of people know that. Who was recently sainted by uh, Pope Frang- Frangoli, Frank. who I don't know the Pope Pope's Frank. name. My favorite Pope. Is the, do you know the Pope's yeah. name? What is it? Johnson. Um, Dave, uh, I will be at the Comedy Store this June 13th uh, at 8 p.m. for a stacked lineup that's in Los Angeles. Um, And then I'll also be on the road starting July 9th in Alabama and then ending in Vermont on the 22nd. You can go to GarethReynolds.com for all the cities in between there, and there's a shitload. So go to GarethReynolds.com for that and go to DollopPodcast.com for our uh, tour ticket stuff like that. And, um, oh, and we probably should announce, too, that on this tour, there probably will be merch for sale. We're still working that out, but uh, we have some exciting oh, yeah. some exciting stuff coming your way. Gareth, Dave. you have a cat. Yes. And here's the thing about cats. Unlike most other pets, they shit inside. It's an honor. And that's problematic. Sure. That's why we are sponsored by Pretty Litter. Yes. The litter that is pretty. As I understand it, the litter is super attractive. It's just gorgeous. And uh, Pretty Litter makes Gareth and his cat, Jose, very, very happy. Yes. They're a great, happy couple right now. Yes. Gareth isn't a mind reader. No. He, well. he doesn't know if Jose's not doing well. But now he can find out a little something with, uh, with Pretty Litter. Yes, Dave. I've been a user of Pretty Litter since the beginning of uh, their partnership with the dollop. I swear mm-hmm. by Kitty Litter. Me too. I, use, uh, I swear by Pretty Litter. I use, I use it. Um, it is just the I best. It. It's home delivery. It's light. You don't have to change the litter nearly as often. And there are um, there are certain colors that let you know what's going on with your with your cat. Yeah, so the cat pees in it, and then it's like purple. Purple nope. means it's super high on drugs. Nope, that's not. Hold on, I think it's probably important for people to know that that is not one of them. That is absolutely not. Uh, it, it shows like urinary tract infections yes. and kidney issues and things like that, which are very very common yes. in cats. Uh, that's how my fourteen have passed. Hmm. Uh, I use. Uh, pretty litter. I stopped going to the doctor. Now, I, I just again want to say that is not something they're recommending. It's not at all recommended. It's absolutely not yeah, recommended. That's something you're uh, saying. Th- this is a cat thing. Yeah, this is for cats. Okay, Same. maybe maybe stop talking for a little while at least and sort of collect your thoughts sure. and think about it. I, but I, yeah. Jose and I love pretty litter. I will never stop using pretty litter. It's a game changer. Yeah, it comes right to your door, yeah. right? It's a ship yep. straight to you. You just have to go to the grocery store or wherever and lug out something that felt like a kettlebell and no more. <laughs> so, so you never run out of nope. it. Uh, you, and you don't get some huge container that you have to put in your closet to hide from the man nope. who will come and look for it's it. It's just a lot of this. Uh, so that's why, that's, why, that's why Gareth uses uh, a Pretty yes. Litter. And, and uh, obviously the reasons I use it, uh, nobody agrees with. If I ever have a cat again, though, I will for sure be pretty littering up. Pretty litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love pretty litter as much as Gareth does. Go to prettylitter.com slash dollop and use code dollop to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash dollop, code dollop to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash dollop, code dollop. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Gareth, we're going to do something completely different today. Huh? 
So I went through and I found old episodes that we had recorded live, and then something happened with the recording and we did not use. <laughs> okay. And so I found one from 2018. Oh, God. And I don't remember it. That means I'll have no recollection. And you don't remember yeah. it. So you and I are going to enjoy something we've never experienced. Wow. This is exciting. It's like Molly. And I'm talking about... It is, this is like, a lot like doing Molly. February 23rd, 1855. I remember this one. Year of our this one. Lord, J.P. I remember this one. Who, by the way, rides a skateboard. And the kids okay. love it. Okay, yeah, you've made it really tassels. clear. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and he's drinking beer now. <laughs> oh, uh, no. If you, if like you want direction. Jesus to buy you beer, no. uh, he's out in front of the Circus Liquors a lot of, oh, a lot man. of mornings. He's starting to sound and like he'll, Lebowski. He'll buy, you, he'll buy you tequila or whatever. He loves bowling. Yeah, so this is... Jonathan Bourne Jr. was born in New Bedford, Massachusetts. He's born. Jonathan Bourne. New Bedford's much better than Old Bedford. He was nicknamed Johnny to differentiate him from his dad, Jonathan Bourne Sr. Now, I would recommend not naming your kid. Yeah, I would call him Frank or Bobby or, or, you know, whatever. Gareth. What? Well, I'm just saying, yeah, move, get in a different name direction. So go with, if you name it John, and then you you go with Johnny. No, I'm just saying, give him another name, like Lipsgold. Geralt. That's not a name. Uh, Mukakar. Uh, these sound very Mormon. Well, whatever it is. I'm just saying you could just figure. Do you remember what happened to this episode? Why it was lost? Audio bad? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, they just, they, were, they didn't notice it wasn't recording. Is that a problem for these? Well, they, they remember they recorded half of the first one. Uh, and then someone else had the rest on their phone or something. Or we had a backup. So we were able to save that one. But this one we were okay. not. Okay, this, uh, so uh, New Bedford was nicknamed the city that lit the world. Sure did. That was because kerosene uh, had not yet been invented, and people used stuff like whale oil to heat lamps. Okay, and did that start so, there? So New, okay. New Bedford was like a huge whaling town. Like they had VC companies that would fund people to buy ships to go kill right. whales. It was very okay. good. Uh, also, penguin oil. I don't know if you've ever heard of yeah, that. It's a nightmare. So it's that yep. period. Whaling's huge. New Bedford was one of the, if not the most important whaling port in the important. world. Important. So that means money. So it's Jonathan Bourne and important. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff. No, there's a stop. lot of little stuff I could have fun with and just. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't. Jonathan's father, uh, Jonathan Sr., got in early on the, the killing of giant, beautiful whales for uh, fuel. This is the golden age of killing and murdering whales. He's one of the biggest and most successful whalers. And he owned a partial or major share in 46 whaling ships. Okay. So he's a whale baron. So he's just a, he's just a murderer. Yeah, he's a whale baron. He's just killing beautiful creatures to put in lamps. Well, and, be- and because Squeeze of him, out. we have what we have now, which is the whales rebelling and the whales figuring out how to take the rudders off of ships and are attacking yeah. ships. Yeah. It's, Go. It's just, yeah. it's great. Don't, don't fuck with orcas. No. Don't ever fuck with orcas. 
Um, so it's like a whaling gold rush, essentially. Sure. That's what this was. In the 1850s, one, you could just make loads of money. Every man on a whaling ship would have lots of cash if they came back from a successful trip. And ship captains became rich and built uh, big hilltop homes based on whale, dead sure. whales. Even skilled deckhands lived great and kept their families living in style. Everyone's just rolling. It's like Silicon right. Valley, right? Except instead of crushing uh, people who are just trying to do labor. They're killing whales. You kill whales. So, so very good. Very life in Bedford is, is as good as it can get. Growing up there meant you, you looked at whaling like, yeah, this is, this is the way to do it. Uh, they all want to go to sail all to sea and be whalers. Uh, and uh, Johnny's father did not want that for his son, however. Mm. He wanted something better. Yes. So he sends Johnny to private schools, and uh, he's, he's expected to go to college. So by the time Johnny is a boy, his father has diversified, and his most successful business was Bourne Mills, a clothing manufacturing business. Wow, okay. So he's gone from... He's, he's really diversified. Well, he knows he knows they're going to run out of yeah. whales, and people always need clothes, sure. or whales need clothes, one right. or the other. Wow. And so it, he's making a nice income, a uh, very wealthy family. But he still keeps the whaling business, that's obviously, because you don't yeah. want to leave. That's, that's yeah. just fun. <laughs> and profitability did decline quite a bit, because... Um, there are less whales. That's just <laughs> awful. It's so crazy. It's different. How, how we just have no f- foresight into like, we just will kill everything until there's none and be like, well, that's a shame. Like nobody's like, hey, maybe <laughs> let them have babies and we'll, you know what I mean? And everyone's like, get them out. Kill, kill them, all. them all now. Get the babies. So in 1875, Johnny goes to Harvard to get a degree, and uh, he lives quite the life while he's there. He, uh, he, his father was a ladies' man, and he uh, picked up those ways. He's also a ladies' man. Okay. He's at Harvard for two years, uh, and when he was just a year shy of graduating, he left the school abruptly one night, signed onto a ship, and was off to sea. Hmm. I wonder what happened that day. I wonder what... What was this? Well, there's a lot of rumors. Oh, okay. um, after Johnny was gone, the Boston Record reported, quote, Jonathan Bourne Sr., uh, his fondness for the Society of Ladies never deserted him. His son possessed an inheritance of something besides money. As Johnny Bourne, he acquired a reputation as a high roller, which is not often excelled even in these days. So, wait, what are they... So, story... Okay. They're saying he's a ladies' yeah, man, and he was living large, sure. and something, something happened. Okay. Uh, stories of his exploits are all over Boston. Uh, they're constantly uh, people are into the rumors of Johnny. So he's just plowing, and everyone's like, "Dude, he's just like the fuck machine." <laughs> dude, this dude's like got like fu whale oil money, and then he's just banging broads, dude. So, and this is all from the Boston Record quote. Uh, 
often the occasion of much breathless admiration on the part of others in Bourne's set. He acquired a reputation as an ardent admirer of the fair sex. Yeah, we get it. I, so they, whatever happened... But, okay. Whatever happened, happened with ladies. Like, that, it was something to do with okay. ladies is why he bailed. Like, something went down. He did the whale bail. Considering his reputation... Yeah, well... Considering his reputation for debauchery... Odds are his uh, vanishing act is something very bad. Uh, his father had been an alderman on the governor's council, director of a railroad, director of just a bunch of banks and companies and manufacturing firms. So scandal would have hurt the family reputation. So they, whatever happened, they wanted it quiet for family right. matter. And if business. he's not there, it never happened. It's like a tree falling in the wood. Yeah. So he, okay. Uh, so. So he gets on a ship, and he takes off, and he's gone for about 10 months, sailing to Europe and Asia, and then, uh, then it shipwrecks hmm. off the isle, island of Formosa, which is off the coast of China. I didn't have to tell you that, but... No, it, well, I people, know... It's off the coast of China. Yeah, but it's good for people who didn't know that it was a Chinese island, nearly. It's important. Right. You thought it was a, a bar in uh, West No, Hollywood. I knew what it was. It's an island near China. Have you said that? Uh, no. Yeah. So after the shipwreck, Johnny uh, looks for a new place to put down roots. He's like, where do I go now? What do I do? And he uh, comes up a little city called Portland, Oregon. Hmm. It's hard to get to. It's, we're talking 1878. Right. Uh, there's no train service. You had to go. Uh, it's a long journey on you're horse, on horse or huh? foot yeah, or whatever you're going to do. Also, by sea, it's a super long journey. You got to go all the way down around South America or else you got well, go to go to Nicaragua if you know Nicaragua this, and but, walk but, through. But it doesn't touch the sea. So you're not, you're not able to get there. The, which water. doesn't? Portland. Which doesn't touch the Portland. sea? No, but you can get to... Uh, Near it, and then then you'd you go. Then you'd go, go through some it. land. Exactly. Yeah. I just want people to know, you know, have a clear picture of what we're dealing with. And and I guess it's a little bit of a flex for me to point do. out that I'm aware that it's not on the coast. <laughs> I wouldn't say flex or just like you know awkward thing to bring yeah, up. But it's just you couldn't get there directly via the ocean. Yeah, no, you can't. So you re- you really you did to, some uh, great. There's some land work. to. Either way, you're doing some land. Yeah. So Portland is one of the furthest places you can go to escape society on the East Coast. Sure. Uh, you're basically as isolated as you can get. Like it's like living in a cabin in Montana. Well, and you're not you're not near the bad. ocean. Like, I mean, you're you're. You're a ways away from the ocean, and you're surrounded by land. You're landlocked. Right. right. Yeah, it's not. We, we made the point. So Portland is full of You'd what think with are a name like Portland, there'd be a port, but, uh, but it's, it's, a, it's misleading. Go ahead, bud. There, there, uh, a lot of people in Portland are what's known as remittance men. Hmm. So rich kids of wealthy families wow. who had done bad things are sent to Portland to avoid scandal. Wow. So it's like that one E! show where they took so a bunch of bad celebrity kids and put them in a house together. The city. It's exactly like that. The city is that. Okay. Yeah. So there's just a bunch of like snotty, scandaled, rich kids. Yeah. Rich kids with money to right. spend who are uh, the black sheep or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Not even the black sheep, just the naughty boy. So they get monthly uh, amounts in exchange for staying away from their families on the East Coast. I have a new favorite job. (laughs) Some some are sent just just temporarily for a period of time. Others end up there for life. Okay. Another man who escaped uh, a scandal uh, was a guy named John Hipple. Mm. And he was born in 1835 in Pennsylvania. And then after college, he worked as a school teacher. And then he impregnated one of his students, who was 15, and married her. Uh, it's just, so that's nice. It's a that's bad got, double that was a good ending. I've got that. something to tell you, Dad. I actually impregnated a 15-year-old. Jesus Christ, it's horrible, but I'm doing right by her. I'm going to marry her. <laughs> no, what? Don't do that. God, you're not making good moves. Uh, so they stay married. They had two more kids. And then he became a lawyer. And then one day he just left. He, okay. He took his youngest daughter. He took $4,000 from the law firm he worked for, and he bailed. He left his wife and other kids' pennies. Interesting. It's an interesting move. It is an interesting move. Takes like, one. I like yeah. one of these. Uh, I, I mean... Yeah. One of these is good. Come on. I, I think if you really pressed most parents, they'll admit there's a favorite. I've asked parents that Oh, for shows, sure. And they'll be like, yeah, it's the, 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 elder, the older one's better. Yeah, I, was just, I just had a... A friend of mine over the other night, and she's like, oh, yeah, no, I like my younger yeah. kid much better. Yeah. Parents put up that, that and bullshit. I, I, immediately, I immediately texted the older kid, and I was like, here's what's going I on. I want to buy you. <laughs> so, uh, so Hipple first goes to California. He, he, he moves in with another so woman. So he probably took a ship there, would be over. my guess. Starts his life over, and after three years, he pulls the same vanishing act on uh, her, and he just He's a ghoster. Yeah. He moves to a little city called Portland. Go ahead, say it. Say what? I just, it's, I, I've already said what I, I, Dave, I've already said what there is to say about the town. He definitely took he a ship to California, name. though. Yeah. No, yeah. Prob- and then he moved through there I to Portland. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there he changed his name to John Mitchell. Yeah. Guys, Hipple is annoying. Yeah. Um, it doesn't take him long to get work. The first uh, murderer had recently been put to death, and Mitchell quickly scammed his widow and children out of a large sum of money. He acted acting as a lawyer, you know. He, he scammed his... Uh, then he, what do you mean? Like a, a guy got sentenced to oh, oh. sentenced to be put okay, to gotcha. death, and then the, he, the guy who died hit his yeah. family. Right? Okay. Uh, and then he took up with the daughter of a blacksmith, and he married her. So now he's married to two women, because the first one's not divorced; she's just away. But if you're several states away, you're not talking to him anymore, isn't that? I mean, back divorce? then, I'm not even trying to just. Back then, I feel like you're okay. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, you're okay. like, look, I took a ship, yeah. I walked. Come on. She's not going to find out. Yeah. Get the hint. She's literally two states away. She may as well be dead. So he also became friendly with powerful men like a railroad magnate named Ben Holiday. Celebrate. I wonder if I did that the first time. 
1868, Elizabeth Carruthers and her son owned a, a huge, huge plot of land, 640 acres, just south of, just south of Portland, downtown. Uh, very up-and-coming area. And then they both died. And there's no known heirs. There's no will. So Mitchell and some friends go looking for her, her long-lost ex-husband, who had been missing, uh, Joe Thomas, and they find him in St. Louis. Hmm. Or at least they found no, the I guy. I was going to say. Yeah, all right. Named Joe John Nixon, who would swear in court that his name was Joe that's Thomas. That's right. That's me. I'm Joe Thomas. Yep. Look at me. I look like a. I look like a Thomas. Your name's they totally different. Tommy. Yep. Well, that's that's yep. one of my classic moves. That's what I always do. I'm I'm one of the people who have many names. I'm Joe Thomas, and I'm married. I miss my wife. Whatever her name was. <laughs> so they bring Nixon to Portland, and he swears he's the dead woman's that's husband. That's me. And then Mitchell and his Mitchell and his buddy give him eight grand, and he turns over the land to them that he never owned. Nice. Okay. It's good. It's a good racket. So he did that all for eight grand. He gets paid. They get the land. It's great. Uh, so now, now wealthy and powerful Mitchell uh, gets himself elected to the state Senate. And 10 years later, he's elected as Senator for Oregon and Washington, DC. But before he is seated, his political enemies find out, about the whole thing that sure, happened. Sure, you mean when he impregnated uh, a 15-year-old well, married no. her and then ghosted her? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they find out about that. Um, but then they also don't care, and they just let him uh, be a <laughs> They don't... No one cares. They're all like, yeah. Well, we thought it would be a lot worse, what? but she was 15, and you did marry her, <laughs> so welcome aboard. <laughs> uh, so this is, this is the type of town that John Bourne... Lands in it's the, this kind of situation. Uh, the, he loves the city. He sent a letter to his brother-in-law. He, in it, he first complains about not having a secretary, meaning he had to do his own chores. But at the end of the letter, he said, "Quote: I like it though, old man. I can stand it if only I make the money." <laughs> I'm gonna end text like that with you. I'll see you then, yeah. old man. Uh, so Portland is packed with businessmen who have absolutely no morals. There's a really busy, deep water port. Hmm. No. That's interesting. And bars. There's a port. Where a young man can really go, go crazy. Yeah, there's a port. There's a deep water port. What are they shipping from there? The people of Portland took a quick liking to Jonathan. They're like, this guy's great. A friend said, quote, he always dressed well. He always had money. Remittances from Bourne Mills. He entertained much of the best eating places and was a charming host. Okay. So he's... Yeah, so he's, he's eating a lot light and he's got party. money he's and he dresses nice and everyone's like, wow. Yeah. Look at this. Unreal. He settles in quick. He becomes a charter member of the exclusive Arlington Club, which is full of just rich guys from New England's upper crust. Nice. He's not just friends with the rich. He frequented and became good buddies with the vice-filled businessmen in the North End. 
He, he finishes education at Willamette University. He takes the bar. He becomes a lawyer. Uh, he's elected as a state representative in 1885, and by 1886, he is president of a transfer and trucking company, the Oregon Milling Company, and the Divided Axle Company. Sure. So he's just, he's yeah, in it. He's got a he's lot going on. rolling. He's rolling. Uh, he also is investing in silver mines in Oregon. Silver mines. So Portland is, uh, Portland is what, what was then called a wide open city. Sure. You can probably explain that better than I can. Uh, okay. So basically what that means is that this is a town. This is a wide open town. So this is one. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to jump in here. This, this sure, is a wide sure. open city. Um, you have some cities that are kind of closed. Uh, there's not a lot of opportunity there. Yep. But this is a wide open city. So there's a mm-hmm. lot that can be done. And there's not a lot in the way. And Portland is one of these. Um, a lot of people called it Portland. And a lot of people, when they talk about Portland, mm-hmm. would t- talk about the openness on a wide level of it. And um, uh-huh. you were really able to kind of uh, get your arms around it a little bit. And so that was basically yeah. what was going on. Yeah, get your arms around it. That's right. Uh, the North End is full of crimpers. Yeah, and, and, and by the Shanghai way, we should point men. out the North End is full of crimpers. Uh, there's also uh, brothels yep. uh, all over the place. The, the women had been moved to the North End when church-going families in the nice parts of town complained that they were too close. So they had them, they separated them. The, uh, the sexy ladies had to move. Yeah. The away. people who believed that a woman got pregnant without semen. Go ahead. A man offered up a large building in North End for sex workers, uh, free of charge, rent free. Yeah. His name was Richard William. By the way, I don't. We... That doesn't seem as magnanimous as that maybe sounds. I mean, when like <laughs> that gesture, it's sort of like a guy, like, oh, what a charitable fellow. But he was just like, yeah, you mean I can have a building of fucking? Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what I got is a fuck duplex. Yeah, he 100% was just like, oh, rent-free? Yeah, Absolutely. no, there's no strings attached. And by the way, every now and then, I might want to come up and just have a time, but th- that'll be rare. Hello, uh, I came by for uh, what a landlord might call balls deep. I heard that one of the floors is creaking. Maybe I'll take a look at it as soon as I get jerked off. So uh, his name is Richard William. Uh, his Dick nickname, Bill. though, was Slippery Dick. Okay, yeah. Dick Bill, yeah. Okay, that's terrible. It's slippery Dick. Not great. It's like a pool noodle. <laughs> In 1880, Portland got one-third of its revenue from liquor taxes. So they're not, no one's going to shut down the North right. End. Like, that's where the money yeah. comes from. So um, when logging camps shut down, the lumberjacks would come to the North End with five months of pay. Mm. And then they would drink and gamble and fuck. Nice. This, uh, this could get one Shanghai. Seeing bodies wrapped in tarps being lugged to the docks would not cause anybody to even bat an eye. They'd be like, oh, that's, that's how we make our money. Okay. Hey? Nice. Uh, just normal stuff. Just kidnapping. This is because crimps and Shanghai men had a buddy... 
on the three-man Portland commission, and that guy's name was Jonathan Bourne Jr. So the Portland city government actually has no control over the police department (laughs) at all. It's okay. Things had never really been great when it came to the law in Portland. In April 1851, the Weekly Oregonian wrote, quote, On Thursday, a serious and brutal riot again disgraced our city. Several of the hands from the steamer Goliath became intoxicated and commenced a general fight on shore among themselves, which resulted in the biting off of a piece of the nose of George Robin, a coal heaver, who in return stabbed with a dirk knife Henry Wood, a fireman, in several places. Yeah, well, okay, look, if someone bites your nose off, you can stab them with a dirk knife. That's just... I'm stabbing. That's fine. No, you come at me, you bite my nose, I'm... You're getting one. Yeah, in the, in you're getting the, dirt knife everywhere. Yeah. Like the. Yeah, By the way, back then, dirt knife. They were like, "Well, there's a lot of soil in the wound, but that'll be fine." Dirt knife? Isn't that just a knife? That's actually the name of my penis. Hello, it's me, Slippery Dick, ready to slip someone the dirt knife. I'm uncomfortable. Ah, I'm a real. I bought a building for sex. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there were also uh, violent feuds going on at the time. Portland's just out of control. It's an out-of-control city. So the, the city council hired a military man to be the city's first fire marshal. So they hire a fire and, marshal to come clean it all up? Well, he la- but just a guy who can do the job sure. as a fire marshal has to be a, a, a badass, but he quits after two months. He's like, I, I right. can't. This is... Uh, then they hired a sailor to do it who just did nothing. He just took the, the check. So things become so bad, the Oregonian wrote that a, vigilant, a vigilance committee should be formed. The, the paper's like begging for someone to come up with a group but that's of the police. men who will crack. Well, but, but the police are all right. corrupt. So now you need, so now you need police for another. Police. But no one does it. They're all like, no, yeah. that's us. Like, why would we? In in the 1850s, Portland went through an average of one marshal every 11 months. Wow. They couldn't even make it a year. So in, in 1870, the era of city marshals came to an end when the city council decided to create a police department. Okay. But the Oregon legislature was worried a rich railroad man would take over Portland with the new department. So the legislature created a police commission that they could control from Salem, from a distance, right? Another city. Okay. They have control over the police department. That way, if it was local, the shenanigans, right? How far away is Salem? Salem's a pretty good distance. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's far enough. Away, I, it's it's like, amazing how it just are we all, like... Anyone with power is just, it's so easy to buy, and they just can't figure out a way around greed. Like, just, yeah, damn, just really yeah. hard, because everyone wants just money. literally, yeah, there's no way to yeah, get around Yeah, we've just it. been that forever. Ever. Forever. <laughs> uh, so, the commission's in charge of the police department, the Portland Police Department, and now the city council has no control over the police department in their city, 
but they still have to pay the bills for it. They have to pay for right. it. So they're a little irritated. Sure. Uh, but things uh, just kind of settle into a, like an unspoken agreement. The criminals can stay in the North End and do what they want. And a police chief who rocks the boat is going to get fired by the commission. And that's kind of how things go for a while. Okay. Um, keep the North End in line so they're not going to call attention to all the shit they're doing while letting the respectable Portland people think they have a police department that's super professional and keeping things in right. order. That's great. It just sounds like yeah, today. Yeah, you have a I pretend... Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. pretend. Down to the fact yeah. that the police are from another area. Yes. Timmy Valley. So in 1885, the governor appointed his ally, Jonathan Bourne Jr., to the commission. And the lack of oversight is so bad that men were shanghaied, shanghaied out of the city jail. What? So you would get arrested, Isn't put in the better? city jail, and then the jailers would sell you to someone who would kidnap you and take you and put you on a ship. That's got to be weird. You're probably like, oh, my God. Well, better, I guess. Last thing I remember was being arrested, but now I'm being brutally beaten. They said you were a bodybuilder. You were in jail? God damn it. I mean, you buff up that resume when that guy's passed. So what does this guy do exactly? He's an unbelievable fisherman. (laughs) Trust me, you're going to want this guy. He's awesome. Meanwhile, Jonathan uses the commission to make connections in the North End and becomes really, really close with a crimper named Larry Sullivan. What's a crimper? Let me make it up right now. Uh, Shanghai air crimping is the practice of kidnapping people to serve as sailors. So I guess it's the okay. same thing. Um, those engaged in this form of kidnapping are known as crimps. Okay. So anyone doing okay. Shanghai, so, so Shanghai is the activity, crimping also, is the occupation. Yeah, it's yeah. They had a really good friendship, Larry and uh, and Johnny. Larry's probably the most successful Shanghai man in in the city. He uh, and this he is forged, a fine industry. He, he this is a fine industry that is. Oh, it's a huge industry. It's <laughs> he 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 created like a an organization. He created like a fucking union of crimpers. Right. Turned them into a so cartel. So you just live in a town where it's totally possible that you'll just wake up on a ship. That's right. Uh and he turns him, he turns him into a cartel. They use politicians like John, Jonathan, to keep everything just going smooth sure. and rolling sure. along. Uh, Larry's also a very accomplished boxer, which helps with the beating yeah, up and putting guys yeah, on a boat. Great. So Larry helps Jonathan because uh, he has an army of sailors stuff ballot boxes during election. It sounds like the city's a little uh, corrupted. A tiny it sounds bit. Sounds like the city's not, uh, just a tiny. Just having difficulty functioning as a a democracy. It's definitely not a democracy. Right. It sounds like uh, well, I don't know what kind of government is run on stealing people and putting them on yeah, boats, but that's it's just. I mean, uh, <laughs> so it's it's a uh, it's rumored that Jonathan gave Larry two dollars and fifty cents per vote. And and Larry keeps a pretty low profile. He he he's not an out and about like showing it off kind of guy. He runs a boarding house. Uh, 
he uh, Larry uh, runs a polling station also. Well, also, but he can't. He and can't. You don't really want to be the face of crimping, like. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean then some. You, I mean Shanghai Kelly was. He seemed to be okay but, with it. But then you like walk in anywhere you walk in. People. I mean, it's just like Jason Voorhees walking into your cabin. You're like, eh, I'm probably gonna get out of here. I mean, a little bit. Oh, look, bit. Larry's here. Hey, uh, I'm going to go home because I don't want to wake up on a ship. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you do want to wake up maybe, on a ship. Maybe, yeah, like, you potentially. Know. Uh, so so he, he, uh, uh, he has men, and they would vote as many times as Larry wanted them to, and he'd just pay them in whiskey. This is what Trump supporters envision happened in 2020. Well, this—that's what happened, um, and and he would uh, he he he'd, up, he'd round up hobos and and lockers and traveling salesmen, just anybody sure. who's around, just any. This is just a dog in a trench coat is voting. <laughs> yeah, it was a really good, good dog. Uh, tell him to vote. Go, hey, buddy. This vote. Is just, this is eight monkeys. Yep. The uh, but voting there monkeys. So Larry would sit in uh, a window, upstairs window, above the polling station with a shotgun in his lap, just watching. Is that legal? It is where Is that voter intimidation? I know there's certain versions of it, but can you not? No. Is it intimidating to sit above where people vote with a shotgun? Why would that be intimidating? I mean, you'd just be like, I'm probably going to vote for whoever Larry wants me to, just based on that uh, angle. Maybe maybe I'm keeping an eye out for for bears. Sure. You know, it's true. Bears that'll vote the right yeah. way. You know what I mean? Fair, good, good point you make. You've seen the shotgun, right? Mm-hmm. All right, get yeah. in there. Okay. I'm not gonna tell you which way to vote. Okay. But just hope you do vote the I'm right vote way. I'm gonna vote for Bourne. He's the candidate that I think is great. He's really good. I like that he's allowing the fact that you can be beaten and thrown on a ship to fester. I think he's great. So you're just going to vote once? No, no, absolutely not. No, sir. 15 to 20 times. Absolutely. I'll keep going in and out and in and out and in and out. What I'm going to do is I'm going to have my buddy here start biting my nose off. So each time I go in, I look like a different person. He's going to take 20 different bites, and then I'll go in eventually noseless, and I'll just tell him I'm syphilitic. Yes, sir. I love it. Support the cause. Hey, what can I tell you? You really make a compelling argument. He is great for the town, this town that is just really going great. It's, it's a great. great town. It's great. So I can't wait, it's sir. It's a nice town. Thank you for allowing me to do this. Yes. During one election, Larry got the entire crew of a Dutch ship who could not speak Roger, English Roger, to, to vote, quote, Jonathan Bourne and friends on ballots. Jonathan Bourne? What, it's like it's a variety hour? Yeah, it's him and his Okay. <laughs> Larry then organized all the boarding house crimpers in Portland into what was basically an evil labor union. And soon Portland is known all over the Pacific as the worst port to go so to in the entire the Pacific. Crimpers, the people who throw people mm-hmm. knocked out on ships, have formed yeah. a union. Yes. We just want some rights. Essentially. A German captain wrote home, quote, you cannot believe how these fellows are working. 
It almost seems as though they hold the whole law and authorities in their hands. Larry Sullivan actually said to the German, quote, I am the law in Portland. Well, at least it's not going to his head. I mean, he is the law in Portland. That's crazy. <laughs> so it's, uh, uh, Jonathan is a Republican. Most of the state is at that time. Uh, the Democratic Party is very small, and uh, the big struggle between the, the different groups is between two different factions of Republican, Republican Party you know, okay. groups. The old school Republicans have power and money and control the morning Oregonian, the paper. And the silver Republicans are populists. Uh, they're more like what Theodore Roosevelt would become. So born to silver. Okay. They don't give a shit about party discipline. And their paper is the less uh, influential Portland Evening Telegram. <laughs> the name's worse. Yeah, it's not as good. So Jonathan's power grows and grows over the years. He buys votes. He gets legislators drunk. He works with Larry Sullivan. Uh, at this point, Jonathan was big time into silver mines, and he owns several in eastern Oregon and Idaho. And uh, he even has a mining town named after him. His big political cause was bimetallism. Bimetallism? That's right. B-U-Y? Hmm? B-I. So what is it, just like? Metalism. Goes both ways. Yeah, what is it? Switch, switch here. Gold and silver? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, gold and silver. Uh, That was the backing of U.S. currency by both silver and gold. Right, okay. So you're kind of right. Uh, because he owns silver mines, so of course he's going to want right. that. Um, so during the 1896 election, Jonathan pushes hard for William Jennings Bryan for president. He's he's known as the free silver candidate. And locally, Jonathan is pushing hard for John Mitchell to go back to the Senate. Uh, Mitchell is also a silver Republican. So this is this is when senators are chosen by state legislatures. Right, right. So Jonathan and his silver buddies hire a, a ballot box stuffer from California. Now, I, I will say, you know, we shit on today's system all the time. That is worse. <laughs> <laughs> that is worse. That is a it's worse just system. Just a little bit. <laughs> it, it, at least now they have to kind of do a song and dance to lie to you and fool you. As opposed to just yeah. then they would just be like, here's the guy. So this guy, for a fee, he comes up to Oregon, and he brings a lot of trained ballot box stuffers trained. with him. And on, on election day, they just vote over and over and over again, and then they get back on a boat and go back to California. Wow. So it's just like a, it's just the craziest. Like, imagine that being your job. You just go How places. How are they getting on a boat to go to California? What the hell is going on here? Oh, fuck. No, Garrett, it's very it's confusing. A port. There's a port. It's known as it's a bridge city fucking place because of all the bridges. You can get there by boat. This is very misleading. And I mean, I really made such a stand earlier that I just feel like you're going to have to edit a lot of things I set out. Now, I don't think I'm not I will. Sh- yes, you are. And I'm not sure how you're going to do it. But I would like you to use some AI technology to make it sound like I'm saying that's a very simple trip to make, I guess, from the ocean. <sighs> 
I can absolutely guarantee you that will happen because AI is yeah. here. So Larry would also do uh, his part in the election. Jonathan had uh, been given two hundred twenty-five thousand from Southern Pacific Jesus. Railroad to pay off legislators uh, in return for voting for Mitchell. And once Mitchell was elected, he would then use his influence and call on his dads to get Jonathan to be picked as the new speaker of the house. So it's all, everyone's just, it just, it, it really, it's so much work when you could keep getting elected and have a great life. If you just did good things, people would just, it's just <laughs> the level at which it's just like, you don't need this much. And it just seems exhausting. Yeah, it does seem exhausting. You're right. Uh, hell, it worked, though. Yeah, I no, mean, it's right? working. But it's got to be like, yeah, you got to be like stress it out a little bit. So on Election Day, the ballot box covers come. They do their job. Uh, Brian uh, for president, born for Oregon State House of, of Representatives. So Bourne wins easily. He, uh, representatives, uh, from Mitchell's representatives, he gets a Senate job, right? So it's all, right, it's all worth The whole machine's out. working. As, as yeah, uh, John, John, Johnny actually born one by, uh, holy crap, 200 million votes, which is wild. Yeah. In the population. Yeah. No, he re- people really like yeah. him, but everybody it's voted. It's unbelievable. Yeah. People were really, really just supportive. so many yeah. more people than are here. Yeah, but that's just enthusiasm. Sure, yeah. No, it's, it's wild. You know. A lot of yeah. people here. We do have a lot of people here. Like 5,000 yeah, or something. It's just like, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. It's wild. That same it, number. Close to the same million. number. Yeah. Hard to wrap your Pretty head close. around, really, but I guess a win's a win. It's, yep. So but William Jennings Bryan lost, but Jonathan's not really that worried about it. It, it looks like Bourne's going to make speaker. It's all, it's all looking good. So after the election, Bourne starts hearing rumors that Mitchell's going to re- renege on the deal when he gets to Washington, D.C. Uh, not the Speaker of the House part. Mitchell had turned against silver, and he was now a gold standard So man. he's now straight gold, no longer bimetal. No, he's not by. He's okay. straight. Bourne confronts Mitchell, quote, Senator, the report here in Portland is that when you are reelected senator, you expect to go back to Washington and join the gold crowd, going completely back on your silver friends. I don't believe a word of it. You won't go back on me? Mitchell was quiet. Quote, out with it. Tell me the fact. Mitchell said, Who quote, heard this? That is what I'm going to... Someone overheard it. That is what I'm going to over. That is what I'm going to do, Jonathan. Obviously, this is a huge yeah. double cross. And Mitchell thinks it's a done deal. The money has been given out to the legislatures, who have all signed pledges. All the pledges are in a safe. It's the over. Pledges are in a safe. Okay. But wait. Uh, and Mitchell says, "You can't help it. I'm going to be elected." And Jonathan said, quote, I don't know how it is going to be prevented, but you are not going to be elected. So even though people had stuffed ballot boxes by using hobos and ships of, you know, guys from California, the legislators are still considering their, their pledges to be the end of it, right? It's, 
it's their like word of honor. So of all this shit that's going on, they're like, well, I, I signed a pledge. Right. <laughs> I mean, look, our complete corruption is contracted. <laughs> I mean, there's honor Look, here. for the love of God, we must have some honor. <laughs> um, and even though their pledge had been completely bought, you know, it, it, they're not going to go back on it. A man once bought that you would lose respect once you were bought. Sure. Does that make sense? That you can't switch if you've been purchased. But it's just remarkable. That, that would be yeah. wrong. Yeah. The rules of corruption are interesting, I suppose. What, what is my word worth if I sell myself and then... Another man will not buy me if I go back on this one. <laughs> so there is decorum. It's just full on for the bribes. I guess if you, I guess if you say you will sell your vote, and then you don't, then that system falls apart. Well, then, apart, then, then right? people know that don't think that you can be bribed, and then yeah, the ecosystem becomes very shaky. <coughs> yeah, if, if you can't know who is, you need to know the bribe. who commits to the lying. Who's not lying? Right. Who doesn't lie about <coughs> lying? Is the question. Uh, so Jonathan is up against, he's really up against it. He's in a tough spot. So he, he's trying to think about how to stop the, uh, the, the selection of Mitchell by the legislature. And he realizes if the legislature doesn't meet before inauguration day, then they can't pick the Senator. All right, let's convene. Oh, more free hot dogs. All right, let's go again. If the legislature doesn't meet, then the governor can pick the senator at that point because there's no right. legislature. So there's the there's the right. loophole, and the governor's uh, a silver. He's so a friend. Just of got it. So, so there is a there is a there is a way. The way is to just make it so the legislature will not meet. They can't convene. Right. And how many days until inauguration? We'll get there. A few days later, an article appears in the Portland Morning Oregonian titled "Mr. Bourne's Fight." Senator Mitchell will help him to be speaker. The article explains that Jonathan Bourne, I remember this is Jonathan's paper. Right. This is the Silver's right. paper, uh, right? No. no, the other one, the Nightly Telegram oh, God, is, is Jonathan's paper. Right. Right. right, that's right. So this is the, this is the opposition right. paper to Jonathan. So the article, article explains that Jonathan had rented 19 rooms in Salem as well as leased a house. And it was said he was going to use the spaces for a fight for the speakership, but that that's not normal. And the paper guessed what Bourne was up to, quote, the real reason is probably that the rooms will be used during the season as supplementary Mitchell headquarters. So the reason for this article was to fuck with Mitchell's head. Okay. He knew Jonathan does not care about the speakership. So he's like, what is he up to if he's going about this business? But the paper that reports on this is not his <clears throat> rag. So this is just, this just somehow got into like... This is the old... Yeah, this, these are the old guard right. who probably also don't like Mitchell. Right. They probably don't like either right. one of them, I would imagine. Um, so... So Jonathan now reaches across the aisle to a populist named William Uren. Uren? Uren. U apostrophe R E N. 
very close to you, urine. Urine. It's urine. Let's just, it's urine. Senator urine. So, uh, <laughs> this is, now it's very weird for him to, to all of a sudden reach out to urine because <laughs> they had, they were bitter, they were bitter enemies. Yeah. Who likes no, urine? No, urine is quite bitter. So, Jonathan tells urine he didn't want Mitchell seated. Sure. And, Yearn is very shocked because he thought they were buddies, but he agrees to use parliamentary tactics to delay the selection. So then Jonathan goes to his friends and business associates and and asks for money, and he gets $90,000 in donations. So the the money is for a party. He's going to throw a party. A very... Very long, long He's party. He's going to throw the longest party possible. Quote, I hired the best chef in the state of Oregon. Sent him to Salem to fix up the apartments with things to eat and drink. I said to the chef, I pay all expenses. I want to take care of all my friends in the lower house who signed pledges with me, the Friends of Silver. So he is planning... To hors d'oeuvre and <laughs> and party these guys out of their pledge. That's right. <laughs> He's gonna hors d'oeuvre like if you're, the system. If you're Mitchell, you're like, that's a really stupid plan. <laughs> and I just have a feeling it's going to get close to working. But if anybody knows how to party... Yes. It's our boy. It's this guy. He brought up ladies from the North End, and the party starts. Within days, the blocker rooms were being called Bourne's Harem and the Den of Prostitution of Evil. Wow. Is that a good name to be like, all right, well, I'm going to go to the Den of... My wife freaked out because she found out what we're calling it. (laughs) We should have just come up with a more simple name. What were you doing at the den of prostitution and evil? What are you doing? What? We were just, we're all, what are you talking about? We're painting. It's night that we're painting pictures of our wives, honey. Are you talking about dope? Yeah. That, I told you we should have used the acronym. Yeah, dope is really not great. You, (laughs) I know it's better than. The den of prostitution. All right, hon, I'm going to go to the drunk evil. fuck apartments. <laughs> All right, I'll be back a little bit later. I'm going to go to the Tower of Sandwiches and Blowjobs. <laughs> okay, bye, bye baby. Have bye. fun. That sounds that It's going to be nice. great. It's just amazing. I don't know if you've ever banged a woman with a hoagie, but, man, it's... Woo! All right, bye, babe. Cheers. Just bring home syphilis. I will. I already have. Here's your ear. So State Senator George Brownwell is very upset, and he writes that the le- he wrote that the legislature were being, quote, kept drunk and intoxicated for days, exactly. which is exactly. the whole idea. That's it. Yes. Welcome to my That's plan. right. Now, if we could do it for Boots. 10 more days. <laughs> uh, so... Jonathan is going to keep, this is what he's going to do. He's going to keep as many of them as drunk as possible for four 
40 days. 40 days? 40 days! <laughs> it is a 40-day booze and He's sex pushing party. pushing a 40-day bender. Mitchell's like, good luck. Yeah. That really is a, a... I mean, that is just a great movie premise. It really yes. is. It's the best movie premise ever. Has to keep them shit-faced. Full of food, booze, drained of fluids for 40 days. Yeah. And it's amazing, too, because it's like, if anyone can be super corrupt and awful, it's people in government. But even for them, it's a tall task. (laughs) But imagine him the first time he pitched it to his buddies. Buddy, buddy, buddy. So here's the plan. You tell me you want to do it five days? I'm listening. A week even, maybe. 40 days? That's biblical. Yeah. Yeah. We can do I it. I don't think so. I've, I've, don't you remember spring break? Yeah, but that was two weeks. Was it? I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> it was 50 Every days. time, every time, like one of them's like, oh, I am really hungover. I got to go home. He's like, what about a gin martini? Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> You can't go home today. It's Gin Fizz Day. I didn't realize it was Gin Fizz Day. The most upset people were not the guys at the party. Everyone at the 40-day party is not complaining at all. They're all good. How aware are they of what's going on? They don't really know that this is the plan, right? Well, they have a they have a ter- the re- legislature has a terrible reputation. They're right. not they're not good sure. people. A historian wrote, quote, Oregon enjoyed the unenviable reputation of having one of the most corrupt and inefficient governments to be found north of Mexico and west of Pennsylvania. Okay. So. so they're right. bad. Quote, as soon as the legislature convened, a troop of prostitutes regularly convened at Salem. The, so the, the regularly when the legislature's in session, sex workers oh, came. Oh, good Lord. Well, all right. We're going to need to take another recess. The <laughs> troops here. Uh, the, le- the lawmakers, in some care, is attaching them to the state payroll. So they would get the sex workers on their payrolls for their, like, say, she's a secretary. But if or you whatever. live in this town, I mean, you must just be like, this is not a good government. They're not great. Drunkenness and debauchery commonly prevailed throughout the whole legislative session. So it's fairly normal to do this, but maybe not. Maybe you take a break here. Yeah, you actually govern a little bit. Yeah. So Jonathan just played into what they've already doing each year and kind of expanded on it, and he just paid for it all. So. That's, I guess, the difference. And it's in one central location in these rooms. As long as they're all drunk, uh, they're considered unfit for duty. And this means they can't convene. Yeah, so if he keeps like them they, drunk, yeah, they cannot they convene. they food poisoning. They're like, oh, boy, how did we get here again? Somehow we're too drunk to do this again. You got to knock the drink out of the guy's hand and keep it out for him to get sober to be able yeah. to go... To but the I legislature mean, vote. Ab- so, I mean, this is like a government of Artie Langs and Belushis. <laughs> I'm sure there were guys trying to get them sober. Sure. But they were just like, we're really up against it. So they can't vote if they can't convene. 
Um, the police can't be sent to get them because officially they had not convened yet and they weren't breaking any rules. So they had never actually started. And if they haven't started, there's no reason to get them. So the guys not invited try to organize a session, but legally they can't. There's not enough, so they just sit there waiting. While you're waiting, would you like some whiskey? I suppose. (laughs) All right. So 40 days go by. Wow. And after tons of drinking and fucking and drinking, Inauguration Day comes. And the State House of Oregon has still not convened. The fact that he was probably like, when there were two days left, he was like, I think I'm going to pull this shit off. Who wants tequila shots? <laughs> <laughs> the tequila. The abuse that your body has just gone through. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, oh. But remember, this was a time when everybody was drinking yeah, all the right. time. Like it was. Still. Yeah. So the governor made an emergency appointment on day 41, and he named Henry Corbett to be senator. And Mitchell did not get the job. Mitchell was just like, man. I went up against the best. Yeah, I should have known. Their Achilles heel. Complete (laughs) inebriation and sex. He must have been sitting the whole time going, I mean, surely they've got to stop. All right, day 27. Come on now. This is a little ridiculous. 29. (laughs) Come on. 35. I feel 37. We need a 39. Midnight. Oh, my God. It's just insane. 40 days. So, now this Corbett guy had been an enemy of Mitchell's forever, and Jonathan is just super thrilled, and uh, off this guy goes to Washington. But when he gets there, things are not great. Because everyone in D.C. has heard about what's going on. So he's, like, coming in with, like, George Santos energy. People are like, yeah, dude, we're not, like, impressed (laughs) with you. He's like, what do you mean? I want it fair and square. Uh, so they're not thrilled in Washington. Um, men at uh, Southern Pacific Railroad, who are very powerful, m- the most powerful men in the in the country, um, they've given born two hundred twenty five thousand dollars to buy Mitchell. They're fucking right. livid. So the U.S. Senate refuses to seat. Corbett. I like that they're refusing to do it because they're like there was clearly a bribe in place. Have some goddamn integrity, would you? We asked you to bribe. Look, we gave you money to stuff the ballot boxes for Mitchell. Now Corbett's here? Good. Good God, man, there are norms. (laughs) Please, have some respect for this awful institution. I'm going to put some money in your pocket, right? What's that do? What's that do? Old school hello. We're friends again, aren't we? So the Senate seat remains vacant for two wow. years. So and wait, we did all that drinking le- for nothing? I like to think oh, that we learned a lot fuck. of lessons along the way. So do I. I think we, I think we fucked up. No, we didn't fuck up. I think we fucked up. We just, gotta, we just had to do it the right way. And we did do it the right way. I, 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 I want... Do you know the lady with the brown yeah, hair? I'm a cowboy. I would like her I back. steal her salary, and I'm wanted. 
dead or alive. It's all the same. Uh, you know, you've been singing this song for 29 days. Seems we're wasting away. That was right on time. In 1898, the legislature holds a special session and elects Joseph Simon, who just happened to be a really good friend of this guy named Jonathan Bourne. Jonathan has sealed his reputation as being just a full-on corrupt vice lover. Great, a great one, though. Maybe the most of all Hall of Famer. Absolute. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, the event will become known as the holdup session. Okay. In 1900, another election for U.S. Senator came, and again, it was Jonathan Bourne trying to deny Mitchell. Wow. He once again wow. bought legislators with money and whiskey and, quote, other things. But he didn't do, like, the sin tower. He didn't have to. Historian Kimbark McCall, quote, one house member, a parishioner of a leading Portland church, was given $100 every time he voted for Corbett plus a slug of whiskey in the cloakroom. This guy is pathetic. <laughs> this is a pathetic person <laughs> who's just, like, just take money. I mean, I'm not even, like, this just doesn't need to be much nuance to bribing, but it's like, buddy, you have money. You could go buy, oh, free shattered whiskey. It's like... People who are like, yeah, but I mean, I go to Costco for the samples. It's like, yeah, but you're also buying 18 pounds of pretzels. Like, yeah, but you get the samples. I mean, it's also just nice to go to, where should I go? Can I do another cloakroom swig? But look, the Southern Pacific Railroad had all the money. We'll be doing them soon. Uh, And so Mitchell won. Okay. You can't, you can't, the the railroads, you're not going to get one past the railroad twice. So Jonathan blamed four traders who had changed their votes. Either way, uh, Jonathan's out a lot of money. He's the loser now. So this actually leads to change. Uh, Jonathan is now 45. He's probably having a midlife crisis. And he realizes he's never going to be able to use the North End money to fight with the railroads who are just so rich. So he reaches out to his old friend, William Uren, and they form an organization called the People's Power League. The goal was to get voter approval to have senators elected by the people, not the legislature. Hmm. Now, wait, uh, Mitchell's a part of that? No, that's Jonathan. No, so that's so Jonathan, Jonathan and, is and now William he's like because but he's doing that because he's like I could stuff ballot boxes, right? Yes, he's not like you know what um, I so think it's just time that the God damn it we just do it for democracy. He's like yeah, the legislature is yes. a little dicey. We just stuffing ballot boxes is really easy. <laughs> I just hire these Dutch people. It's awesome. But this this really pisses off all the Oregon political machine guys. Republicans all think it's a betrayal, and they they just can't loot. That means they can't loot the right. system, and it's just not all up for. It's it's not the same way. It's up a for, different you know, right. sale. It's, it's different, right? Yeah, there's a difference in sale. So conservatives said Jonathan was out for himself, and progressives said he was a dupe who had been used. 
But Jonathan had also been reacting to everything exactly the way his hero Teddy Roosevelt did. He had struck a blow against monopolies and their influence. <clears throat> he did it when he had exhausted all, every other option, uh, you know, being corrupt. And Bourne ran and became the very first Oregon senator ever elected by a popular vote. Wow. In office, he worked on a long list of important accomplishments. The parcel post system was his biggest achievement. He lost his bid for his second term in the Republican primary. So he actually uh, did end up <clears throat> being, like, he did do things. I mean, you could say that, I would say he accidentally made it less corrupt. Right. And he did that because his corruption wasn't working. But then he's passing actual legislation yeah. while he's in there. But is right. he, he's doing that from a nefarious because, place? Well, yeah, sure he is. He's doing it from a selfish, nefarious place. But anything to take power away from the railroads right. is good. And, and he, puts the, he puts the vote in the hands of the people. So he was. So it's almost like strange bedfellows were the senator and his constituent. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's like the enemy yeah. of my enemy is my friend, and that just so happens to be the people I represent. <laughs> and you know, clearly, I'm sure it's stuffing. He had to yeah, be right, stuffing right, the ballot right. box, as you said before. Um, Mitchell didn't do as well. Timber companies were not allowed to just buy huge swaths of land, so. So they couldn't have just hobos buy the land and then sign over to the company right. anymore. Uh, Mitchell was aiding the companies and making these purchases. So pre uh, President Roosevelt looks into it, and Mitchell is just fucked. <clears throat> he was tried and convicted to six months. Wow. Oh, Mitchell's the bad guy. He's like, but... He died of a dental abscess... While the case was under appeal, oh, oh well, what a way to go! Tooth death. He he is only one of five U.S. senators who have been convicted of a crime while in wow. office. I can think of a lot more if you guys want. <laughs> That's an amazing that, statistic. Like most, it really is. Considering they just are literally just living under legalized. Yeah, they just uh, like. I mean, that, insider, that's trading why, yeah. and corruption. And, yeah, the norm. Um, when uh. Jonathan died in 1940. He was a respected elder statesman, uh, though begrudgingly by a lot. But yeah, Sweet. so that's how that's how uh, Oregon got the uh, the vote to pick their own uh, guys the instead 40 of forty day party. The forty day party. God, the just. It's just. It is. It's just like the. Uh, you just are like. Look, if anyone can do it, it's fat cats. Yeah. And they pulled it off. I mean, seriously. What a Shocking. crazy fucking time. The 1800s were batshit crazy. Yeah, and yet, it's the only thing that's different is that they just got drunk openly in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, for like, sure. Like, they all do it now. It's just, you know, it's just like we said. I mean, it's right. just... it's It's just astounding to me that we've always had a horrendous system that is so <laughs> dependent on integrity. Yeah. That's why, like, when with the stuff with Trump now, 
like I love when like the Republicans are like, you better watch out because we're going to investigate the Democrats. And people are like, oh, this, I'm like, go, go, let's go. Let's all. Yeah, do it. Go. The people let's who should be in everybody. government but, yep. should be so afraid of any investigation yes. that they have to be spotless. <clears throat> there should be an office that completely and regularly is always investigating our politicians. Now, the problem is always the Senate won't pass said place because there's... So <laughs> but it's like, when they're like, yeah, you know, we actually, now we're going to investigate Bill Clinton. I'm like, okay, great, go. Let's go. They should, politicians should always be offered bribes and not knowing if that's yeah, a trap. A, yeah. a, yeah. a trap. Uh, every, and they you know should what? Always be it getting, should be a lot of times traps. Always. And we should have Chris Hansen from to catch a predator, come in and just yeah. be like, Senator Whitehouse, we take a seat. Ah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that's the only way to solve this shit. But you know, whatever it doesn't matter because it's all legalized anyway. They can yeah. They, they can the people who make the laws. That, it is it. always amazing when it's just like the people in government are like, "This is the best system." Of course they think that. They're never going to tell you the system yeah. that they thrive within is dog shit. You, the we, we're they're no. they're the they're the ones. Of course they are. We're the ones who should be like, hey, this system's actually totally shit and sucks. But instead, we're like, well, what are you yeah. going to do? It's the best system. Like, well, they're telling you that. They're saying that because they have yachts. That's right, yachts. Well, um, the forty day uh, party. So sources are. Yeah, the 40-day party sources are uh, the or, or, offbeatoregon.com, which is a website that has a ton of, like, Oregon stories that you should I check out. I call it story. Out. And a history link. His, do you? Mm-hmm. And uh, historylink.org. I actually call that uh, historylink.org. What? Historylink.org. You should, but I just put it in you there. Know what I mean, like to... if you're gonna look it up, put it in there. Pop, 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 pop it, pop it in there. Put, put a, put a pop and pop it in there a little bit. See what, check it out. To... Is there a reason that your shirt is the exact same color as your baseball well, Dave, hat? I'm glad you noticed. First of all, and it's called color coordinating. And um, when I decided I was gonna uh-huh. wear my Gatorade, well, hat, the color I... is. Shut up. I decided the I'd wear my green thing. shirt. My You're the Worst shirt and my Gatorade hat. Are you jealous because you just look like a bunch of bad colors? <laughs> it's like melon. It's like fluorescent melon green. Yes, that's right. I'm the melon man. Okay. We yeah. tried. I got no problems with what's going on with me. You look like dog shit. I look awesome. I do. So... There you go. I look like a dog. All right. Well, that's the end of the dollop for this week. Tune in next time to see if we do another story. We will. We tried. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this this podcast. Uh, Listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army. 
to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it let's see you there hey there people listening to the dollop uh this is gareth yes the same guy i listen i have a new podcast called we're here to help that i'm doing with my friend jake johnson it's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't but we try to help people with problems that are important to them you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts and it is out right now so go listen to we're here to help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 